Hi guys, welcome back to Bible Plus. Today we come to Revelation chapter 2. And we saw yesterday that the first three verses of Revelation, they give us a great little outline for the entire book. First, in verse 1, we see the revelation of Jesus Christ. Uh, We never want to miss Christ when we come to study the Bible, even and maybe especially when studying prophecy. All right, second in verse 2 was the testimony of Jesus. And verse 3, the words of prophecy. So the revelation of Christ, testimony of Jesus, and the words of prophecy. So today we come to the testimony of Jesus that verse 2 spoke of. And this is really in Revelation 2 and 3. And it's seen here in the local churches. So if we miss what John saw here regarding Christ, who is revealed in such a unique and ultimate way in this book, and we don't see the churches as the testimony of Jesus uh, here in chapters 2 and 3, actually the entire book of Revelation becomes a big mess to us. It's so unclear, not clear what's holding it together. This is what the focus is. Uh, This is what counts in the midst of this huge unraveling of world history, Christ and the church. I like how Kyle said it yesterday. Um, This is what is in the eye of the hurricane uh, in this wild book. So we want to keep that forefront. So now remember, um, the first verse of the book tells us this book was made known by signs. So in chapters two and three, we have the record of the actual situation existing in these seven churches at the time the epistles were written. However, since this book, it's a book of signs with prophetic nature, the situations of the churches are also signs, signifying prophetically the progress of the church in seven stages. So we have here seven epistles written to seven actual local churches, but those also spoke forth prophecy concerning the church and its progress over the last 2,000 years and all the way until Christ returns. You know, if you have time to do a thorough study on all these seven churches, maybe even with someone from our CSOC team, it would, it would be so fruitful, so bountiful to you and so beneficial. There's just so much here. Um, for today, we only have time to look at the first epistle written to the church in Ephesians. Um, so chapter two has four epistles we're going to look at, uh, written to Ephesus. That's the first century church after Christ's ascension. Smyrna, the church under persecution. Pergamus, the church that became intertwined and married to the world. And Thyatira, that's the church in apostasy. So again, there's, there's so much here. And we have just a few minutes each day. So, um, you know, it's, it's crazy. We even have a whole study abroad summer Europe trip that uh, CSOC has done in the past covering this very subject, the seven churches firsthand. But today we're going to look just at the first seven verses to the church in Ephesus. Okay, guys, three words for today. What are they? They're love, life, light. These encapsulate the letter here to the Ephesians. In John's writing, it's made abundantly clear that light, that's the expression and shining forth of God, and it comes from life. So John 1.4 says, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. When we're short of Christ as life, we are short of shining and expressing Christ. But how about this? Our enjoyment of this, the fellowship of this life, it's actually impossible to maintain unless we're loving the Lord. No love, no life. 
So John 14, 21 says, if anyone loves me, he will be loved by my father and I will love him and manifest myself to him. So we have love, then life, then light. Let's look at this with the church in Ephesus. Ephesus was a very good church, very good church. Ephesus even means desirable. They were trained, they were upright, they were orthodox in their teaching, they were strict with regard to heresies, but degradation crept in with this church. All right, look at verses two and three. The Lord says, I know your works and your labor and your endurance and that you cannot bear evil men. And you have tried those who call themselves apostles and are not and have found them to be false. And you have endurance and you've borne all things because of my name and you have not grown weary. Okay, this is seriously... Um, a really good church. <laughs> but listen to this. In 2.4, the Lord says this, but I have one thing against you. You have left your first love. One thing, just one thing, but an imperative, essential, indispensable item, our love for the Lord. And, and it's our first love, not just our love, but our first and best love. The Lord, he's, he's jealous over our love like a husband to us. And this word first can be translated as best love or preeminent love. The love that has the first place in all things. That means for the Lord, he doesn't only want to be number one. He wants to be number one in every category of our life. He wants to have the first place, the first consideration in everything. How? How is that even possible? Well, it's easy with love. I'm not sure when or where you're hearing this podcast, but consider, have we told the Lord Jesus today, Lord, I love you. I love you, Lord. Have the first place today. We, we should be this kind of people. The Lord Jesus, we love you people. This helps keep us in a relationship of life. Nothing but love can keep us in a proper relationship with the Lord. So Ephesus was distracted from love by their works for him. And this is a very stern warning for all of us. Even our works for the Lord can distract us from the Lord himself. Loving him, missing him. This is how we can, love, we can miss him by being distracted by works. And we don't want that. So in verse five, the Lord says, repent and do the first works. The first works, these are works for the Lord, but they're motivated by our absolute and first love for him. Not just duty, not just doing lots of things, but the Lord has regard for the few things we do out of our love for him. Amazing, amazing, guys. Um, in verse seven, the Lord says this. He says, he who overcomes this pitfall will be rewarded with the tree of life. So what does this mean? This means that our loving the Lord with the best love brings us to the enjoyment of Christ as our life and life supply. It brings us to the tree of life. Do you remember in Genesis 2 what the other tree of life, besides the tree of life, what the other tree in the garden was called? It was called the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So guess what distracts us from life? It's knowledge. Sometimes the most academic theologians, they're the most dead. <laughs> we don't want to be full of mere knowledge about the Bible, but miss the tree of life. The Ephesians, they were distracted from love to works, and they were distracted from life to knowledge. 
So eating the tree of life, feeding upon the Lord, enjoying Christ as life, this should be the primary matter in the church life. Verse 5 says that unless we repent from not loving the Lord, the Lord will remove the lampstand out of its place. And this doesn't mean that the people in the church will vanish from the face of the earth. No, they will remain, but there will be no shining testimony with them. There will be no enlightening expression to the world as the lampstand of God. The only way we can keep the expression of light is by love and life. May the Lord bless us all. Keep us in these three things, love, life, and light. Thanks for listening to Bible Plus today, guys. Have a wonderful day. See you all tomorrow.